This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? Be? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. Scott, where are you? Rebecca Q. The Wagner. That's right. A quick shout out to my dozens and dozens of messages. Bitches, I am back. Oh my God. Liberating you from thoughtful conversation. Interesting, credible guests that have polluted this show for the last 14 days (laughs) to tell you two things. One, I'm too back. That's right. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The big dog has returned with one word and one word only. Woof. Oh my God, Scott. Too much, Kara? Really? Come Too on. much. It's it shows a slight amount of insecurity Too much? that you're using Wagner. <laughs> I mean, come on. All right, let's talk about end-to-end encryption. You might have gone with Eminem or someone like that, but nonetheless, here we are. Apocalypse and now. You're back. Apocalypse me, now. Scott. We got to get to the news. Come on, you were lying around on vacation or whatever the hell you were doing. We've things to talk about. Things have been going on. Things to talk about. Okay. First of all, well, Facebook up? apparently has discovered privacy and has yeah. decided to become Snapchat. That's what I understand from Mark Zuckerberg's recent blog post or whatever, his one of his new blog posts. So, what do you how, think? Kara, how come I feel lied to here? <laughs> what, <laughs> um, I mean, let's be honest. You could give a shit about privacy. If you found out someone had syphilis and could sell it to LaRoche for a penny, he'd say, I'm not going to do that. I need to find out 100 million people who have syphilis so I can make real money. <laughs> Oh what God. what are you what are you hearing? You're you're oh, dialed you in here. You could use any example on? but syphilis. You really could have really. <laughs> it's a great syphilis. word, isn't it? Couldn't see word. like soccer or something like that. Enjoys so- enjoys kombucha. <laughs> you say soccer, I say syphilis. Okay, let's, let's call the whole thing. All right, off. here's what's going on. Mark Zuckerberg wrote a post. He said that he suddenly has discovered. Oh my goodness, people like privacy. What I, I've done a little reporting, reportage on this, and from what I can understand, they have seen the data, and it is not good for what Facebook does for a living, which is, uh, you know, public postings and all kinds of things. People have been put off by that, and and mm-hmm. and he's discovered that Snapchat seems to be what people want, so he's going to give them Snapchat, except the Facebook version, and really stress and integrate all the different services, Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook. Um, I think it's all for the glory of Facebook, and the others are going to be leached at, um, the ones who are popular, which who are already doing that. Instagram, uh, Kevin Systrom smartly had had really leaned heavily into stories before he left. Um, mm-hmm. And most people uh, feel that, that if I've talked to is that they're, they're essentially acknowledging that their main business is problematic, is problematic and eventually troubled because the data, Mark does everything based on data. 
um, and the data is telling him this is the way to go. And so I thought the, his post would add a lot more credibility if he'd been up front and said, yeah. this is how we're going to make money. Any thoughts on what this means in terms of the business model? Well, there's two things. One is it would be nice if he admitted they had problems with privacy, like had said, mm-hmm. he, we are the problem. And so we have decided this. But he doesn't care. You're right. He doesn't care. He, again, he focuses on the data. Every decision he makes is based on data, I think. Um, and as nice as he is personally, I think he doesn't care. You're right. Um, and Or hasn't thought of it, at least. Um, which is a kind way of doing it. I think, you know, I think what they're trying to do is trying to be WeChat now, yeah, like because right. messaging yeah. really works, messaging and messaging and communications. And he has al- already, he's always said, tried to mush messaging and social media together and they're not the same thing. And so now he's, that post essentially said to me, social media is a little fucked and mm-hmm. we, messaging is great. And so it's very different. Yeah. And that's one thing Snapchat has always said. Communications is very different and they have really leaned into it. The problem is they're small, they're super innovative and inventive and, and Facebook has stolen pretty much all their good ideas. But they were correct in directionality. And so I think they're trying to go into the WeChat, Snapchat kind of um, direction from what I can tell. And so that they, WeChat makes plenty of money doing that. And so that's that's what I – it's going to be a tough thing. But they did it before with mobile. They weren't in mobile and then they were. Um, so I think that's what what's going on here. Yeah, there's so much here. And you touched on the macro factors that, that the world is heading towards messaging and – I, I'm sure Private your kids have been told this. Oh, my kids don't she, use Facebook at all. They use Snapchat, and they and they they sometimes use Instagram Stories, but not that much because they don't they don't like them. They think they're performative, but they definitely like private messaging quite a bit, and with a group of people, but private. Yeah, because they're told over and over that everything's going on your permanent record if you don't. That's if, not why. If, I think they just well, like it. You don't, but you don't think they've been lectured to that be no. very careful about publicity. I think they value. They're, they're I think they actually. Like it. I think they like it. I think. I think uh, Evan Spiegel was right. People like to use it this way. I think you know you can watch them use it really carefully, and they use it as a communications tool and an, and, a, and an entertainment tool at the same time. But they could just as easily use an open format. I think they, they see the value to. in yeah. ensuring the ephemeral nature of something and that it yes. goes away, and that yeah. it can be a little bit more irresponsible and, and be be young. So. Yeah. The, the, the economic, there's a lot here. One, I think it helps them, if you will, continue to abdicate responsibility around content because mm-hmm. they won't see this stuff. Right. If uh, Mayanna Marie's military start putting out content that motivates people to do horrible things, they can say, well, not our bad. Well, if they, if they allow those it. private messages to be large, they have, cu- they have pulled back on that. Sometimes the yeah. private messaging platforms can only be so many people. They're not going to allow it to be 100,000 people. Or, or, or it def- they're definitely walking away from the public part of Facebook, it looks like. The other, and I think there's two other things. The other thing is, and I think this is the most dangerous thing that's not being reported about, is that they're trying to aggregate all three apps into one sort of seamless messaging or communications platform that covers 2.7 billion people that would be increasingly difficult to untangle, thereby potentially um, circumventing antitrust, yep. which I think is, is sort of a, that's a, real, a long... Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Smart, Scott. That's, there you go. I'm here for a reason. And I think that's really... Uh, you're absolutely right. I think one of the things, someone someone who knows a lot about this was like, it looks like Zuckerberg is sort of, you know, the captain goes down with the ship. He's not going to go yeah. down with the ship. He's going to get off the ship and find a new ship and leave all the other billions on board. You know what I mean? He's It was a real abdication of his business in a weird way um, and, and to another direction. And he's, you know, he's... he's within his rights to do that, but I do think they've they've realized and seen the data that, that their business is not one that's going to continue in the way it's been perpetrated by them. 
Well, well, and to be clear, and uh, you know, I do believe he's a broken sociopath, but he's also a genius <laughs> business person, and yes. this is where it's headed. Yep. Uh, it's and like that Bill is, Gates. I think that actually, I think Bill's a very decent man. But anyways, I the, agree. But he's like him, and well, you didn't know Bill back in the day. I'm just telling you, he's that way. William. Yes. Because William. I'm so much. Because I'm so young. <laughs> no. Um, anyways, he's not a uh, pleasant fat character. Not a pleasant guy. Anyway, so and then um, and then I think the third leg of the stool here is that you mentioned WeChat. The mm-hmm. one thing the Chinese platforms have done really well is integrating payments into their platforms. Yep. And this encryption and then this talk of a Facebook currency slash Facebook coin, you can we'll talk about in the that. future. Explain well, that to the people. It's really interesting. I think it's it's probably the most underreported story, and that is Facebook is talking about a coin mm-hmm. that, that would be different than Bitcoin because Bitcoin is essentially a currency, and a currency is when two parties agree that something is worth something. So yeah. you can have a fiat currency sure. where you agree this green piece of paper actually is a store of value. But what they're talking about, as I understand it, is having dozens or even hundreds of currencies deposited to back up this coin such that if you potentially see something you like, on Instagram, you could literally just sort of double click it and it's on its way. And the two biggest frictions I think in technology from a consumer standpoint are one, are very mundane. One is charging. Charging is like the bane of my existence. And then two, payments. It's very difficult to transfer money securely. It's very difficult to pay for something. When mm-hmm. it, You know, I hate, I'm, I'm flying down to Florida last night. I pull up uh, whatever it is, GoGo on Delta. And the hassle is putting in your credit card, getting it yeah. wrong, the CVC number. I pay with miles. I mean, it really Scott. is a tax. You, don't pay with you pay miles. with miles? I do. That's just strange. Anyway, I have so, so many miles. I fly everywhere. But go ahead. G- give them away. Um, no, not to you. <laughs> I need it. I, I'm, 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 I'm back. So, coin, this get, coin. They're, they're, how do I get they're, to Austin? They're trying um, to. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But you, you can, so they're going to create a currency. They want to jack you into their system, essentially. Yeah, which is really exciting because when I think about someone I'd like to have greater control over the global economy, <laughs> it's Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> and Sheryl Sandberg. So, this is, but it's well, really this is a Mark production, as they say, as when he had it on the bottom. I think this well, is all Mark because it's all data oriented. I think it's completely. This is so a there's, a, there's a lot here. There's yeah. moving to, you know, skating to where the puck is in terms of uh, private messaging. There's uh, payments. There's ab- continuing to be able, in my view, abdicate responsibility around any mm-hmm. sort of editorial control over the content. Yep. Yep. And there's potentially moving to kind of a seamless global currency or payment platform. So, again, I, I think this is a genius business move. And and quite frankly, just really fucking frightening. I think yep. this company has way too much control and it should be, you know, another reason why it should be broken up. Or maybe up. they and can't do it. Look what happened to Bill Gates. Remember when he all of a sudden discovered security after having the Swiss cheese of a software platform? You know, oh, security. People like security. And Apple had been doing it forever. Um, and then suddenly he got, or the same, when, he, when Bill Gates got the internet, oh, the internet, not these close. It, it's a very, he's very similar. I'm writing a conference. I'm going to talk about this. It's a very similar to a Gatesian move. And Gates is always well known as the best businessman not the most visionary person and somewhat, um, you know, he had for a long time that malevolent kind of Yeah, but I think, I think the move or the outside intervention that changed the world as it relates to Microsoft was yes. the DOJ moving in so on So let's talk about that because you'd rather, I think that's really smart. They mush them together so they can't take them apart. Who, who was hired, just hired by in Congress on a congressional panel that oversees antitrust? Lena Khan. Explain for the people who she is, Scott. You love Lena Khan. I do. You do. love Lena Khan? I do. She's brilliant. 
she's she's a, a gangster lawyer who, as a law student at Yale, mm-hmm. published a, kind of the seminal piece saying we need to, to get away from this consumer test or pricing as right. Har- the consumer harm. Test, consumer harm as evidenced by pricing as the means of determining antitrust and go back to this yeah. Brandeisian notion of sort of more power in the channel. And I mean, she has had a Did huge Did you just say impact. Brandeisian? Brandeisian, isn't that what it's called? The old Brandeisian um, I, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, approach I, to I, antitrust. Yes, that is right. So to explain what that means. It's a different look at things. Because you, you cannot show consumer harm because Amazon works so well, for example, or Google's so great. Like that, You can't show consumer harm as easily, which right, is one of the tests. It's more about power in the channel and if you're suppressing competition, regardless of what happens to the end consumer. Right. And that used to be the antitrust test. And mm-hmm. I think we're headed back there because it's impossible to, to really do consumer Harm test one, when product the end product is free, and two, we're in this unusual trope of uh, an environment where there are certain companies that are able to become most valuable, most valuable companies in the world, especially Amazon, without ever getting to meaningful profitability, meaning they can soak up market share by off continuing to offer lower, lower in prices right. without ever having to compete fairly, so to speak. Well, like, I do want to get into this. Everything's subsidized, like IPOs for Uber and Lyft and stuff like that. It's yeah. all, all about that. So she's she, this is a big deal. And Silicon Valley is super shook up by this, I think. And they should be because yeah. antitrust, she's a coming. She's a coming, and she is not pleased about the situation. And I think it'll be interesting. Um, speaking of which, um, uh, I will be interesting Amy, uh, interviewing Amy Klobuchar at South by Southwest, where you are also coming. And that's a big yeah. thing for her. She's also on the antitrust committees and, and has talked about these issues. And is certainly, um, aside from all the comb stuff and all the boss stuff, she's quite adept at some of this. One of her pillars of her of her uh, presidential bid is is to regulate tech. Yeah. And they, uh, maybe you've heard more than I have, but my sense is they are, they're all sort of jumping on this notion of, you know, power is bad and the concentration of power among big tech is something we need to look at. But right. I haven't heard any of them really outline what they mean by that. Is it Antitrust is it FTC is it is it DOJ and by the way Lean is just sort of the tip of the iceberg here in terms of some of these immunities. I think 2019 could arguably be referred to as the year hopefully that immunities are kicking in because not only is Lena Khan going to work for Congress, the FTC has set up a 12-person yep. uh, subcommittee to look at antitrust. We see France and unfortunately we don't really have time to get into the story, but France just passed legislation saying, "All right, big tech, we give up your tax." Lawyers are smarter than our tax authorities, and we're going to charge you 3% of top-line revenue, which I think is a really interesting move, and we're going to see more of it around the globe. But there's a lot going on, but I haven't seen a candidate yet really say— X, Y, and Z. This is how we would break well, up Facebook, or we. Need I am going to ask this of Klobuchar because she's on the. She's a significant person on a significant committee who has talked about these issues. So she's. Well, that's one of the questions I'm going to ask her. What should I should should I ask her? I'm going to tell you who I'm interviewing, and then you and I are going to be at Pivot at South by Southwest. In that's Texas. right, live in front of a studio. With a lot of barbecue in our face, kind of thing. There you go. Um, um, so I'm. I'm, Klo- I'm going to go through them. Give me a question, Klobuchar. Do so not Klobuchar. say home. So uh, I, the thing that bothers me most about um, Senator Klobuchar, what I would want to know is, uh, is not the comb or being angry or being a bit of a jerk. It's like, okay, there's a lot of people who, who have that reputation in positions of leadership. The thing I found most disturbing about those reports is that mm-hmm. she actually got in the way of people's careers when they decided to leave yes. her office, that she yeah. was vindictive and purposely tried to— Parental leave, um, too. Yeah, make it difficult for them to get mm-hmm. the next better job. And I think there's a general code among bosses and leaders mm-hmm. that when young people leave your organization, yeah. you err towards trying to help them. Agreed. And I think it's a very poor reflection on her character. That's a really and good I'd question. And I'd want to know. I'd want to know. You know, it's one thing to be 
a jerk. It's one thing to be mean, but are you vindictive? Hmm. And because uh, that's that's just not the kind of character. That's a great question. You know, we want we have enough of that in the White House. That's we need right. to change here. Vindictive. Uh, he doesn't seem to have control of anyone who leaves. They end up writing books about him. What an idiot he is. So um, uh, he can tweet at them. The second one is Kathy Griffin, who got into a lot a mess of trouble with putting that uh, tweet on the internet and that photo of Trump's mm-hmm. head. Um, it was a it was a comical thing, but it, people were quite offended by it. Um, so that was her. That's what she said. So I'm interviewing her, and she has a new you're, documentary you're about what happened. Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Yes. Wow. There's a new documentary about her. Uh, about call. You know, it says I forget what it's called, but you know, she was essentially canceled. She was canceled after the one thing, and it went crazy on social media. Yeah. Um, I've always thought she was quite a talented stand-up. Comic. She's funny. She's fearless. I like She's her. fearless. So, what shall I ask her? Oh, I don't know. She got what's, canceled, and no one, others didn't. It was really just funny. Just what's life like, or yeah. who else? Is, okay, you got to get interesting. Wait, let me finish. I'm not even doing? done. Sorry, like, I want a question for Kathy Griffin, and then Marguerite Vestager. Not as funny. Oh, not Marguerite Vestager. Right, will yep. she? Will she have? Will she hang with Scott? I. Lo- she's my hero. Well, I you saw her come on the train. Me? I said hi. With me. It's Sunday. Yeah, you can, you can, I know her pretty no, well. I, I think she's. I, my question for Marguerite Vestager is: What is she doing next? Like, what does she want? What What would be the ideal next thing for her? Because she's leaving her. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Something. Yeah. Kathy Griffin, I don't know. Favorite, uh, God, I don't know, favorite TV. She's just Would she do it again? Funny person. Yeah. So that's three. Who else? Any other panels or anything else? You're uh, I have you. I've got Arlen Hamilton. Uh, I've got uh, Wendy Davis. Uh, wow. I've got, uh, I've got so much to go. I've got lots of stuff. And we have the Vox Media House. Where do you see it? And my kids are coming. You're going to meet my sons. No And kidding. if you give me any trouble, they, they're very large young men and they will deal with you in the correct manner. There you go. You're bringing both your kids. Both my sons, yeah. That's yeah, really my son's cool. looking at UT. My son is looking at my, my UT oldest. Austin. Yep. Yeah. Awesome school. A, I'm going on Hook a college show, my friends. I'm That's going. great. Yeah, you can't come to that. But it's going to be fun. The Vox has a cool house, Vox Media at the Belmont Theater. And yeah. we have all kinds of stuff. We've got video games. We've got mattresses on the ground. we got music. we got all kinds of stuff. You're going to enjoy it. It's really lovely. I'm Maybe excited. We'll wander over to the New York Times uh, one nearby, which is also I get to go to, which is fun. There you go. Yeah. So, all right, wins and fails. Wins and fails. All right. Well, oh, wait, we, we need do to that break, after right? we take a break. We're going to take a money. quick break and then we get back to our show. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. 
So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Okay, we're here with Scott, who has returned on on the uh, with a large music and stuff like that. I thought he was going to use the Rocky theme song, but here he is. So wins and fails, Scott. Uh, who is winning and failing this so, this time since you've been away? You can tough, do stuff since when you were away too, if you want. Oh, since I've been away. Okay, so my my win, if we're going to go all the way back, is a guy mm-hmm. who moves around with a walker but stands ten feet tall. Elijah Cummings. <laughs> I thought he had one He's of the great, great. moments. Of the last year, I just mm-hmm. thought he came had incredible gravitas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the biggest loser, obviously, of that uh, hearing, um, hands down, was the guy who decided to put a black woman up as a prop and to prove someone isn't racist. I thought one. that was not only racist, but just generally, just ridiculously stupid. Yeah, um, and yeah. Then, the Saturday Live had a good skit on that. And then winner, oh, who are your losers? Uh, who who are your winners and losers? And then I have a I have a win. Oh gosh, I just I do feel that. Um, that that, that that hearing, I, I think Trump is not doing really well, but you never know with him. He's like, you know, he's like Teflon in a lot of ways. So I don't know. He just seems to, you know, lost here and there. And his social media stuff is sort of petering out. No one's, he does something crazy on social media. Everyone's like, oh, is he yelling again over there on Twitter? Yeah. So I think there's some bit of, just as when happened when his show started to, uh, to lag. And I, again, as you know, I've watched every single episode of The Apprentice. You got tired of it. Like, you're like, yeah. oh, stop talking. Fatigue. And so I think, I think maybe he'll gin it up again, but I think people are tired of being in an outrage over whatever he says next. So we'll see. And, and I think about, the fail. I think the Democrats might have overextended with all their subpoenas. We'll see. Yeah. And what you about know, what about? Tell me, you had um, giving credit where it's due. You had the best prediction of the last month, and that is the day mm-hmm. before Amazon pulled out. You actually predicted that. What do you think of this letter that's been that's been circulated by Cuomo and all these business leaders in New York? Asking T- trying to get them back. back. Yeah. They're not coming back. Yeah. That's not Jeff Bezos' way. No way. Yeah, I agree. He does not suffer fools. I'll tell you that. That is one thing about him. And I, I it's one thing I like about him. But um, I don't see how they could be pulled back. And think of the controversy if they came back, what they'd have to give them. And, you know, they're better off doing what they're doing. And they, you know, I, again, you, as you know, I thought the whole thing was a circus. So, yep. and, you know, it would be nice for them to have a thing. They should just open something up, just like Google has a big thing at, near Chelsea Market. And um, Netflix has a big office in New York. It just they should just have one. Like stop. Like, yeah, it's no big deal. They have a big. They, they should have bit one in Washington. They should have maybe one in in the Midwest, perhaps. But this idea of a multiple HQs is kind of insane, as far as I can tell. I don't know. Just you know, I, I did the math here. So supposedly twenty five thousand jobs for three billion dollars. So at at L two we created. 150 high-paying jobs, which I believe entitles me to $19 million. So <laughs> with $19 million bucks, I've literally thought about this. I think this. you should wait for Cuomo to show up. Or sure. Well, okay. I don't think it's that – people laugh, but I don't think it's that outrageous. Small business creates two-thirds of the jobs in I America. agree. I agree. So you where's should get $19 my, million. Dollars and I figured that. it out. Sure. The, the cement helipad costs $150,000. i am putting mine on the top of faculty housing, and we're union, so let's assume it costs Do- a million. Do you have a helicopter? Well, just, I, I, I've been looking at them on control. I can get an Airbus A340 for about three million bucks because I'm not mm-hmm. greedy. I just want a, a dual engine roto uh-huh. helicopter. So I've got four million. So that leaves me 15 million bucks, which will get me a Chipotle pulled pork burrito bowl for the next 134 years. 
Okay. So where's right. my helipad and my burrito bowl? I've created these I, jobs. And by I the way, Tim Cook's not running around with his hand out. Apple's he's creating not, jobs. He's not. That's what I mean. Google, he's an adult. Google's doubling the number of jobs in New York. They don't have their hand out. So Bezos, you know, finger off the camera and hand back in your pocket, boss. Yeah, I know it's true. <laughs> Stop it. Tasteless as ever. There you go. International travel. I am who I am. Jane, I am who I am, Carol. You know, it's interesting. I'm going to be having Gavin Newsom, which you are also coming to the Code Conference in June, so we can ask him about this kind of stuff. Like, he's, you know, he he is a state that has a lot of the tech, and it's an, it's, it'll be an interesting question is how do you – I'd love to know his thoughts on, on the Cuomo situation. So I have a Gavin Newsom story. They both have good hair. Yeah, and get, I had a – Go ahead. In 1995, I thought I was going to be, like, crazy rich. I would, started an internet company, and all the bankers mm, were telling else? me I was like, oh, I was going to be suicidal. Oh, well, if I'm going to be super rich, it means I'm super important and I should run for office. So I started talking to people in local politics about running for supervisor in San Francisco, and I went to this oh, forum wow. – and I met this guy who had just become or was running for supervisor named Gavin Newsom. And I shook his hand. I looked at him. I talked to him like, that's it. There's no fucking way <laughs> I could to. ever be anything. No. <laughs> this guy, I mean, literally, this is like 20 years ago. And I remember meeting this yep. guy and going, I don't know what this guy's going to do, but it's yeah, going to be impressive. Really, it's like, okay. He's, he's super he's a, smart. I really like Gavin. I'm, super I'm articulate and like tall and handsome and like, okay beautiful skin oh the whole my thing, gosh. the whole nine yards wow it's just he's in that way he's flawless he's actually a really interesting and complex person i think people you know his complex because he was and, banging his campaign manager's wife what makes no, him com- you complex know what? let him you know what Scott? what makes him complex there but for the grace of god what let makes me just him complex I'm just saying he well his current wife and 17 children he's like my my well, brother oddly ashamed. enough here's a weird thing that. my brother's been the anesthesiologist for his 19 children or whatever he, at at the hospitals my, in California no, wait, that he goes I'm sorry. to my brother's um, been his anesthesiologist for my brother's like the whitest thing ever said my brother's my been bro- his anesthesiologist for his children. Well, that's what he just is. It's not his, his wife's when they, when they had the babies. And yeah. they have, anyway, that's TMI. But um, but nonetheless, he's a lovely guy. And he's be an interesting, it'll be an interesting questions. He's he's turned his life around. Let's just give Gavin. I'm, I'm not sure it ever needed turning like around. And there's a couple speed bumps. That, like yes, you. there are. But he's look, so you know likeable. Trump just does make that it. every, like, it's Wednesday for Trump. <laughs> so don't it. even start. Gavin, don't even start. Gavin Newsom, gonna, when, when he does bad things, it makes him more complex. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the the person in question that, he, that that happened to it, they all said it's fine. Like, so let's just let them, what? it's not like what I don't get hooked is, up into Roger Stone and payments and Michael Cohen. There's not okay, a, like that Let's talk about Gavin. I don't know if people ever want to talk about politics, but I can't resist. Why wouldn't, as governor of California, tall, handsome, smart, complex, Mm -hmm. as you put it, why wouldn't he be mentioned more often as a candidate for president? He's not going to run. He said it. He said it. He said it. He might someday, but he's not going to run now. Yeah, by the way, speaking of friends, a friend of mine from business school, really impressive woman, Eleni Sokopoulos, is the lieutenant Mm -hmm. governor. Oh, great. That's great. Well, I will be forever in his debt for doing the gay marriage thing when it was very unpopular. Yeah, illegal. He did it when it was illegal. Let me just say leadership. Yeah. Leadership, leadership, leadership. And I, 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 when someone does that at a time where it really hurts them, um, I'm, I'm going to be very loyal in that regard. And I'm not an identity politics person. I just said things showed leadership. Good. Um, and I really appreciated that. So anyway, wait a win. I just I want to get out win. there another win. Well, last one. All right. They, I don't know if you felt this way. We're about the same age. I was actually quite sad when I heard about mm-hmm. Luke Perry. And I I, yes. I, I, I don't know why. I was trying to figure out why do I care yeah. about Luke Perry? And, and I, he seemed like a decent guy. Part of, part yeah. of my youth, at least, watching 90210. Dylan also, McKay. he was in a movie that if you have Netflix called Normal Life with Ashley Judd, that was actually mm-hmm. a pretty good movie. Wow. And okay. I just felt bad for the guy. And then the other guy I heard mm-hmm. about that really sort of made me sad was to hear about 
uh, Alex Trebek is not is uh, suffering oh, from pancreatic, pancreatic cancer, cancer. and very you know, late so, stage too. So you know, pulling for you for a hundred, Alex Trebek, I, I, a nice yeah, man, infinitely Canadian. You know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I wrote a very it's become a very popular column in the Times this week. Well, I of course seen. it is, of course it is. <laughs> there it is. I don't know if you know this, but I write what has become a very popular column. It was I no, I wrote about my stroke. And my brother's but an not every one of my columns. Listen, when I write about internet bylaws, n- it's not popular, well, on, even though I write about it. I write about issues international. But when I wrote about my stroke, I got dozens and dozens of people having a similar thing. Many of whom survived. Some of whom had people that didn't survive. It was a really interesting thing no to write idea. about my own stroke. I've learned so much about this. When did that go down? When did that happen? Seven. You should read the column. It's seven years ago. I had it in Hong Kong. My brother saved my life. He's a doctor. The doctor that delivered uh, uh, Gavin Newsom's children. Or not delivered, was the anesthesiologist. Um, So I had a stroke in Hong Kong. And um, I I was ignoring the signs and thought it was just a headache and just a weird thing. And my brother said, get to a hospital right now. You're having a stroke. And I did within the – you have to get there within three or four hours to be able to be okay. And what are the signs just so we can make this a public service announcement? I did. I wrote them in the thing. But you – tingling in my hand. There was – I couldn't keep something in my mouth. I had had, – it's called dysphagia, which I I garbled my words, several words for a while, just for a short time. I had a TIA, which was a a mini stroke it's called. Yeah. Um, but if I hadn't gotten help, I could have died very easily. So, and so, so coming out so of that, anyway. just quickly, coming yeah. out of that a near-death experience or something that could have been really bad, anything, yeah. any way or approach to life that changed? Well, yes, I became worse than I am now. <laughs> yes, I talked about that in the piece. Like one of the things I said, if you want to understand the roots of why I'm so considered so tough, it's like I don't have time for this. Like you, I don't have time, you. And my dad died of a cerebral hemorrhage too. Yeah. So it all sort of made me think that uh, we have little, little time on this earth and I really don't Well, have we time do, for and it goes faster shit. and faster. Yeah, and I, so instead of manifesting itself in niceness for me, it manifested itself in... <laughs> What so the fuck? On. Come on. Life, what are you doing? Life is short. Like, I'm not going to be nice. I'm going <laughs> to. No, not nice, but I'm nice to my kids and stuff yeah. like that. No, but it was more like, you know what? No. Yeah. Like, I, I'm very outspoken. So it's interesting. It was good. It was an interesting issue. I was sad to see Luke Perry die. It was very. Yeah, that's um, sad, all right? I, lo- I spent so much time watching 902. Well, you know what? It's not, let's give him his props. It's not easy to play a yeah. high school student when you're 38. I mean, it, no, no. <laughs> that's real thirst, thespian range. In his 20s. He was so good. Yeah, they were all good. good. I love the kids at West Beverly High. There you go. I could go into it. I'm not going to do this a lot. Let's listen. We got to get to predictions. Okay. Let's get to predictions. All right, Scott. I'm not feeling very predictive, but no. I predict we're going to have del- delicious barbecue in South by Southwest. I can't wait. I just, hope, um, I just Maureen Dowd that thought the Mueller report would be out soon. Yeah. So, so that wasn't. That's not. That's continuing not to happen. But she had a couple that actually did come true. Um, and then Lauren Good hoped Twitter would get better. Yeah. I don't think that, that's, that's like not a good luck with that. What is Lauren. that? Hopes yeah. Twitter get um, better. Uh, can you best their predictions? Well, I don't know. So my, my, mine actually circles back to Maureen Dowd, and that is mm-hmm. uh, she said something the really prom? interesting, and that was that Sorry. she thinks the nation is scarred from the fact that we went through this financial crisis where people, oh, yeah. the incredible destruction of household wealth, and that no one went to jail, and that yep. the society still hasn't forgotten that and holds the government responsible, and that is one of the major reasons that people have lost so much faith in the government, mm. or don't, or that's believe very, the game is that's rigged. True, she did. So my prediction is around big tech, and it and it and it goes further into kind of Facebook. Is that I do believe that um, someone's going to go to jail from big tech, and I believe if you think okay, oh. if you believe someone is in fact going to go to jail, because we know things will get worse, we know that more bad stuff will come out, and if someone is the fall guy, if it's a company or the fall company, I think most likely it would be Facebook. 
And this is more of, and I, it's not it's not a warning, but I genuinely believe this. I think someone's going to go to jail. I think it's most likely someone's going to go to jail from Facebook. And the other thing yeah. I'm pretty sure of is it won't be Mark or Cheryl. And so I don't have a lot of friends at Facebook, but I'm friendly with a lot of mm. people at Facebook. And my advice to them and a lot of my kids who graduated from my class went to work at Facebook, that if you're ever in a room and people are making excuses or glossing over content that is motivating mm. harm to other people, if you're ever in a room where they're talking about um, or glossing over editorial content that perhaps mm-hmm. might be weaponizing elections. I think it's really smart and prudent to have memos <laughs> to the file and to, to maybe yeah, voice— memos like, like Kelly and, and, and Don 100% McGann, and voice your concern file, because like Jared, look what happens Javanka. in these financial institutions. Whenever there's a billion or $2 billion stolen or lost, it's never the CEO goes down. It's some guy with a bad haircut in Amsterdam who they say, mm. they always call him a rogue trader. So my prediction is someone's going to jail from big tech. It's likely from Facebook, and it's not going to be the billionaire mm-hmm. and, uh, and his heat shield, Sandberg. So I, I would say to all the young people working in these companies, if something sounds bad, make sure that you are articulating your concerns. Well, I don't agree with you. I think they're going to get off. I don't you think, think nobody's going to jail. Them. Here's what I think. I think big tech is not going to pay for big finance. Big finance didn't have anything happen to it, right? They just uh, walked walked away with their zillions. I think tech people are going to walk away with their zillions. And I think that there will be. Here's how – what it is is Ocasio or or or, or Warren, these ideas of taxing them. That's where it's going. And I think a lot of people do agree with the idea that these people make – all, far too much money and yep. don't pay enough taxes on it. I think that's how it's going to come out. And and they will start to like get behind a lot of these. If if they do it right, and I know that Trump is trying to push back with socialism, 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 his gang, I do think that it, there is a, a groundswell of these people pay do not pay their fair share. And if they get the hold of the Trump tax returns and then it shows that, I think it'll be, I think people will be like, wait a minute, just a second here. Well, not only people uh, paying their fair share, but companies. Here's Mm. a fun fact. Do you know in Europe, uh, Google has paid more in fines than they've paid in taxes? That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Here's another fun fact. I'm going off my tangent here, but median age uh, in Europe is 42. Do you know what the median age in Africa is? Like 12. It's 18. Isn't that incredible? But anyways, off track. Yeah, there's the companies need to pay their fair share. There's definitely, I think it could backfire on the Democrats, this, what I'll call class, I do think it's class warfare saying that, you know, rich people are bad and we need to tax them. I think they just need to, you know, change it to, well, let's, let's have them just pay their fair share because right now they're paying less. All right. So we're going to do it in South by Southwest. It's time to get out of good. here. I will see you in Austin. You will meet my sons. We will have such a good time. Good. Um, we will go for barbecue. When do you, when do you get there? I get there, I think I'm there Friday afternoon or Friday evening, and I'm there till Good. Sunday. Good. Well, we have a lot to go on. I will show you on. I, I know Austin really well. We'll awesome. get on scooters. We will have such a lovely time that together. That sounds nice. I'm wonderful. looking forward to it, Kara. All right. We're getting, again, we're coming to a live audience, and we will see you there. Rebecca Sinanis produces this show. Nishat Kurwa is the executive producer. Thanks also to Eric Johnson. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week with more of a breakdown of all things tech and business. And it will be extra large because why, Scott, where will we be? Austin. Texas. Texas. That's right. Oh, sorry. All my exes live in Texas in case you're interested. No, they don't. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.